Approaches. Blow the whistle, blow the whistle, blow the whistle, they can't hold a flame against you, blow the whistle, blow the whistle, blow the whistle, got the game, it ain't no issue, blowing the whistle, I had enough with you, the championship, it is gone, ain't listen to you, I can't give it to you, cause you don't know what I've been on, this is the coaches, podcast, ripping up everything, off that, what is going on everybody welcome into the fantasy coaches podcast i am your host coach steve and we're back again week two has been another roller coaster ride and lots of injuries lots of injuries but uh we got some things to talk about especially with the week three waiver wires and that's kind of what we're here today guys we're here to help you guys pick up some players to help you fill out your roster spots that might be not going the way you want to and just kind of help you guys out overall and at the end we'll have some cut and uh, keep segments where some guys who might be questionable at the end of your roster will help you out and try to give you guys some players that can finally kick the bucket here. So let me introduce my co-host for this evening, as always, Coach Chibs. What Welcome it in. do, homie? What it do? Good to see you, man. Oh, uh, two- yeah. It's been a couple. I've seen yesterday, though. Yeah, we saw it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but, I mean, um, it was, uh, a little horse racing, a little football betting yesterday. Little wings, little football, little drinks. It was a good day on Sunday, that's for sure. Uh, besides my bets, took two major L's, but keep it going. Yeah, keep it Very going. On. Yeah, and again, it's only week two of the season, so don't panic just yet, guys. So uh, for our episode today, we do have another guest, uh, and our guest today is Phil. Phil, what is going on, buddy? Hey, guys. Thanks for letting me join you guys today. Absolutely. It was, it's a pleasure finally getting to talk to you. Like I said, I mentioned before, like, you know, like, oh, like, I've Saw on Twitter a couple times, but like, I never really had a chance to talk to you. So, uh, definitely great to get you on the show. Heck what yeah, I know. I missed your guys' potathon. I was a brand new uh, girl dad going on at that moment in time, so I didn't get to join you. I, I think I saw, you know, the the call out for some extra guests right when I got back from the hospital. So that was a <laughs> didn't really work out too well. But I am glad to be able to join you guys in season. Absolutely, absolutely. Jim, you were going to ask a question? Yeah, what's that jersey you have behind you? Oh, um, Brett Hall signed. Oh, uh, yeah, right. I got that one right after the Blues won the Stanley Cup for first time in freaking franchise history. That's a nice um, shallow jersey right there. And I, I was I was ecstatic, but I spent like less than fifty bucks because all of the uh, all the players that were active on the team that won the Stanley Cup they were all going for you know thousands. And then luckily some of the old school great guys were going for under the radar really cheap. I like that a lot. That, you guys and your hockey love there. But, uh, Phil, again, thanks for coming on, man. And before we get started, you know, just let everyone know kind of what you do in the industry. Yeah, right now I am uh, doing a Friday show and writing for the FFFaceoff.com. Um, so Friday we're, we're previewing the slate of games coming up on Sunday, reacting a little bit to Thursday and, and, and talking, going through a lot of questions from listeners and viewers, you know, right before games starting and everybody's, you know, twiddling with their lineups. Um, and also I created the consistency score. Um, every off season put out consistency collection, kind of like a draft guide, but it is, it's a consistency score. That's, that's a lot different than the other ones that are out there. One, the score itself, completely consistent math never changes. It doesn't matter if you're an RB one, one week and an RB 16, it matters about your fantasy output actually. Um, so the math never changes. The score itself is consistent. Also, a guy who scores between four and six points every single week is really super consistent, but doesn't help your fantasy team. 
So my score actually takes in, you know, the ceiling of a player and that is part of the math. And so the higher the consistency score, the higher the, uh, the, the more often that that player scores a high level of fantasy, uh, fantasy points on a weekly basis. So it's really easy to see. It's really easy to understand the higher the score, the better. Um, same with the D pack defensive points, allow consistency. You get to look at each, um, team defense versus each fantasy position and the higher the cons- the higher the pack score the more often that defense allows a high level of fantasy points to that position on a weekly basis so it's just something that's really easy and the best part you can use it across positions it's a it's a metric that actually works across positions so if you're sitting there debating a flex a flex play you can take a look at two different, you know, a wide receiver and a running back's consistency scores, and whoever's higher is probably your better bet to go with your flex spot. Oh, that's awesome. That's really oh, awesome. Yeah, yeah. I like that. that. Oh, yeah, for sure. <laughs> I'm an analytic junkie. <laughs> I like to find out small things. There you go. I hope I, I update it every week, man. So, like, hit me up. I will walk you through it if you have any questions. Uh, if if I start hearing it on the show, you are going to make my day. I love it. <laughs> I'm definitely going to have to check that out because I love consistency. That's, I think that's half the time I use it. Write an article. Consistency is, like, my number one thing on anyone. So uh, I love that. So if anyone listening, go check out Phil and check him out when his consistency guy go. All right, all right, all right. So we got some news to talk about. Again, it's not major news that we're going to go into detail because, you know, we're still waiting to hear a lot of things. And until we find out if players are in and out yet, we're not going to go too much into detail. So uh, some things if you guys missed and you had a chance to watch Sunday games, Jarvis Landry, Green MCL, good chance he could miss two to three weeks. Uh, but they didn't um, – they did not rule him out for Sunday yet, so keep that in mind. But it's more than likely he's going to miss a couple of weeks. Andy Dolan misses out a serious injury, which is great. And the Bears have already said if he is ready to go on Sunday, he is going to play. So there's no just switch to Justin Fields just yet. Uh, Tua, my boy, bruised ribs. They're pretty painful. Again, he's another person. If he can start, he will play. Carson Wentz. Two ankle sprains on his, both his ankles somehow. I don't know how you do that, I guess, but uh, he has done it. And, um, again, he's questionable for this weekend. He did not finish the game, and Jacob Easton had to play and threw a pick on the very first drive. Um, who else is here? The 49ers update. Uh, Eliza Mitchell, the big, you know, $100 fat bib on everyone throw out there. You know, he's day-to-day right now. Um, Trey Sherman, he has in concussion protocol, and Jim Michael Hasty is Exact, definitely out this week and could be out for a couple weeks as well afterwards with an injury as well. Derek Carr is questionable. Josh Jacobs is day-to-day right now. Uh, Deshaun Watson, not Deshaun Watson, we'll get to him in a second. Uh, Deontay Johnson avoided a major long-term knee injury. He got hurt on basically the last play of the game. Uh, if you watch, he was basically just sitting on the ground while everyone was just saying their you know, congrats and goodbyes basically during the game. Uh, LaVisha Chanel also avoids a major shoulder injury, which is great. Uh, Tyrod Taylor is likely out probably four weeks, uh, which Goldman Davis Mills will be starting this Thursday, not Sean Watson. He's already been inactive for this game because his coach. So I'm not seeing Sean Watson just yet. So that's most of the news. Again, a lot of injuries this week, guys. It was, it was tough to watch. We're going to start with the quarterbacks to pick up this week, our top pickup for quarterback. Phil, who do you got? So 
right now it looks like he's still going to play. But Derek Carr, I saw, was only rostered in 29% of uh, leagues. I can't believe that. Over the first two weeks, he's racked up 817 passing yards and four touchdowns. That's more passing yards than any other QB in the NFL right now prior to Monday night, but it's probably a safe bet. Um, and he's tied for eighth in touchdowns already. The run game's been meh at best. We don't know what's going on with Josh Jacobs yet. The Raiders are leaning on Carr and Waller to carry that offense. And next up is Miami, who just got dismantled by the Bills for 35 to nothing. They look nowhere near as imposing as the Steelers' D that he just carved up. I love Derek Carr going into week three. All right, so you got to leave now. You can't talk back about Miami on this show. I'm just kidding. <laughs> I'm just I saw kidding. that flag behind you. I knew that that wasn't going to necessarily go over all that well, but ooh. I can respect when uh, our team doesn't play well. So, but yeah, Derek Carr has basically just defined odds in fantasy right now, and has been putting up fantastic fantasy numbers uh, against some pretty good defenses over the first two weeks. So, uh, you should have faith in picking him up as another week here. Uh, Jibs, I don't know if you're still there or if your mic is just uh, you're uh, just out. I'm still here. I don't know what happened. Oh, your camera's out, but uh, oh, you're gone now, too, for sure. So uh, why Chips comes back in here, I'll go real quick, guys. So my quarterback pickup of the week this week is Sam Donald. Uh, he's only owned in like 11% of fantasy leagues when I combine them all together. And Sam Donald surprisingly hasn't played really well right now this season. I mean, he's been solid. I mean, you, would, you know, you talked about Sam Donald in the past. It was like, Garbage, 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 but he's got the weapons around him. I guess that's what the Jets should have done in the first place is give him weapons because he's had 20 and 19 fantasy points in back-to-back games now and um, four-point passing touchdowns. And he plays the New Orleans Saints this week, which he put a really good game against them. And now against the Houston Texans, quick turnaround on Thursday night football. They've allowed you know fantasy points to kind of flip that defense there. Uh, Baker Mayfield and who was the first one? Uh, Trevor Lawrence both had over 20 fantasy points in their games here. So uh, if you're looking for a quarterback, if you're streaming the position, Sam Donald is the way to go this week, guys. Yes, Jibs, I know. Weird to say out loud. But who do you guys for QB play? Mine was Eric Carr as well. And then I wanted to find a backup, and it was Sam Donald. So um, I'm still <laughs> so I, I like both those picks, guys. Um Derek Carr is like surprisingly too his his ownership is too low for what he's performing. Uh, he's definitely top eight in quarterbacks this year, and I'm just gonna stick with another guy I said yes last week who's um, highly owned in Yahoo, but Kirk Cousins. He's been uh, pretty spectacular too so far. He's ninth in quarterback scoring per week. Uh, obviously, ESPN his ownership is way lowered, but I like Kirk Cousins as like the third guy compared to the other two because Darnold and Carr are on some scorching earth compared to like what their uh, play status has been historically. Yeah, I can't disagree. That's another great option. Kurt's been been on fire right lately. Uh, a couple others, just real quick. Uh, Matt Ryan has the Giants this week. That's a, that's a pretty decent matchup. Daniel Jones has the Falcons this week. If he can kind of keep that rushing floor going, that's great. Uh, Big Ben's also out there as well. Uh, for those in like dynasty or deeper man leagues or super flex leagues, Jacoby Brissett uh, is also an option. If Tua can't play uh, Davis Mills, if he's out there, he's an option. Obviously if you're desperate uh, another desperate option, if Derek Carr can't go Nathan Peterman, possibly. Uh, so just keep your eye on the quarterback situation. Jacob Easton. Uh, these are all like deeply super flex leagues. And if you need a quarterback, uh, they're all probably available in most of your leagues. So just keep those guys 
in your mind as well. So, you know, one more guy that I saw was only rostered in about 24% of leagues was uh, Teddy Bridgewater, surprisingly. And they got the New York Jets coming up in week three. So that's another that's another lovely matchup. Um, and he's got 590 something yards and four touchdowns in two weeks. So he's been another dude. He's just been just rocking it. Yes, thank you, Phil. I missed him on my list here. So thank you so much because Teddy Bridgewater is definitely a guy that is just – I think if I'm not mistaken, he's got the most like 20-plus uh, passes in the league or so far this year. He's got the cannon this year apparently after being a conservative, uh, short-targeted quarterback apparently. But now he's not. He's, he's got the cannon apparently. So uh, we lost chips again, but we'll get him back in a second. So uh, we'll head over to the RB pickups. And again, just like last week, it's not really great out there. Uh, but there could be gems that might possibly – scoop up for the future basically right now so uh phil who's your first rb my first one's probably going to be everybody's first claim if they need a uh, running back off the waiver wire and that's corderell patterson uh 54 rushing yards last week 58 uh yards receive or 54 rushing yards sorry week one 58 yards receiving plus two touchdowns this past week um easily the clear-cut guy behind mike davis and honestly kind of looks better than mike davis in my opinion um, I think he's got, no matter what, I think he's got a standalone uh, value just in the role that he's playing too, um, especially if it's PPR scoring. New York Giants next week ranked 14th in D-pack against the running back, so it's not great, but it's not bad. It's not a bad matchup either. So that would be my the first guy I'd be going after on waivers. No, I like that one a lot there. Um, well, I, I don't like it a lot, but it, it's a good play, that's for sure. <laughs> it's a, It makes sense. I mean, he just seems to be involved in the offense more than we thought he was going to be. So it, it's, it makes a lot of sense there, to be honest. It's interesting. He's like, yeah. it's, been, like I said, especially in PPR formats, I think he could be a, a pretty regular flex play. Right, exactly. So I, I like it in that sense that as an RB, we need an RB, that's a good pickup this week. So. Uh, Jibs, what about you, my friend? How about your first one? Um, he's a little highly rostered. I know he's close to that 40% mark, about 35 between Yahoo and ESPN, but J.D. McKissick, I'm looking like looking up at some of the football team's next couple of opponents, like Buffalo, like New Orleans, if they get their act together, Kansas City, Green Bay. Those teams, I feel like the Washington football team are going to have to keep up in the games, and I think he'll be having a utilization, a better utilization, especially given um, – what their quarterback situation is right now. Like Taylor Haneke is kind of limited. Like he doesn't really throw to the left side. He seems like he just has an eye for McLaurin tight ends when he's not overthrowing them, but it seems like JD McKissick could have a good role carved out for him. So I know he's not like your average starter, but so he's a guy who could pay some dividends throughout the season. Yeah. Uh, I know people probably got burned on him this past Thursday, uh, when no one probably started him and he went off for a big game, but uh, I think he needs to be at least rostered on your bench because he's obviously having a role in this offense here. It's not going away that we all thought when we were drafting Antonio Gibson in the first round or late first, second, second, late second round, or early second round. So like that one there too. Still shocking to me that they're not using Gibson more, but it's wild. He's still learning the position apparently. So uh, I don't know what that means. He's got to be there. He's got to be there. <laughs> All right, let's see here. Uh, my first one, I don't even like it, to be honest here, but... Week. What? It's a yucky week on waivers. It's a yucky week, yeah, it is. There's no clear-cut guy, but Alexander Madison, uh, he's owned in 31% of leagues overall combined. 
And we saw Dalvin Cook get banged up back-to-back weeks now, or back-to-back in the same game, actually, within the same couple drives. And, again, if that continues, it's just a matter of time before Dalvin Cook gets hurt and Alexander Madison has to go in there. You might as well go out there and in a week where there's no good running backs and pick up a guy who could end up being a league winner if, God forbid, something happens to Dalvin Cook. And he's going to be someone who's going to probably see 15 carries. You couldn't say that probably about a third of the league's backups because they're likely not going to go into a committee. They probably give Alexander Madison, for the most part, the workload. Uh, so, again, he's only 31% of the leagues. It's not as easy to get him. But if he's out there, I think he needs to be at least roster on your bench over the next few weeks to see kind of what happens with him. Or if anything, pick him up to trade him to the Dalvin Cook owner and see if he can get something back from it because who doesn't love a good trade when you just pick him off waivers? So. He is my first um, waiver pickup. Amen. And, you know, like, I always, if I can, I shove anybody I can down to an IR spot, or if I already have an empty roster spot, the first thing I do before Sunday kickoffs is I grab a running back that is like, if if running back A goes down, we know that this guy is the plug-and-play. I always try to stash those guys on my roster whenever I have an open spot. That is a perfect, uh, perfect, uh, perfect strategy, because I'm sure me and Jibs both use that to our advantage as much as possible as well. So uh, I like that there. Um, before we keep going, guys, just so everyone knows, it is under 40% availability. So the, just if you guys were questioning what our availabilities were, it's under 40%. So anything higher than that, if you see someone that shouldn't be out there, probably should be picking them up. But these are guys strictly under the 40% mark. So, uh, Phil, you go with your second one here now. Well, like you guys were talking about, it's 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 ugly for running backs already in, on the waiver wire. So I went really ugly. I went extra ugly. Trenton Cannon, 1% rostered. Uh, let's face it, the 49ers, Trey Sermon, concussion. Jermichael Hasty, ankle. Elijah Mitchell, shoulder. Jeff Wilson still not coming back for another week or two. Cannon might just end up being the, you know, the running back through attrition for Kyle Shanahan. And anytime you have a running back that's getting the majority of the workload, we've seen it, you know, equate fantasy success. So if there's nothing else there, Trenton Cannon looks like he might be the guy. Um, granted, going into the weekend, you know, all the injury reports are going to be really important to see if, the if you know, any of these guys are coming back and playing Sunday. But he might be the last dude there. And so if I can, you know, that's a that's a guy in a super deep league that I'm willing to stash as well. Yeah, and he's probably – I mean, I know they brought in Carrion Johnson. I know Duke Johnson and Lamar Miller made visits, but Trent Cannon knows the offense the best in a right. week. And so uh, they saw him against the – if you watch him against the Ravens, he didn't look horrible. So 49ers know how to play running backs, at least. So I like that's a good pick up there. Jibs, my friend, what do you got? Oh, my second one probably would be Madison, but just to go a little bit lower, I'll put up Ty Johnson. And I know picking a Jets running back isn't pretty in any circumstances. You still have Michael Carter lingering, but the key, this seems like the Jets, even in a bad game script like that, they kind of consolidated a little bit. They had Tevin Coleman had reduced touches. So you saw basically... Ty Johnson get the majority of the, uh, the carries, and I think it was like a by one attempt on Michael Carter. Obviously, we all think Michael Carter was like a very good long-term pick, but still in a short-term window. And unfortunately, bye weeks are coming up, and God forbid you have to start someone. But just keep Ty Johnson in mind, and just keep that Jets running back um, 
backfield split in mind as the season progresses. That's all I'm saying. Yeah. So Jets' old head coach did say that they're playing the hot hand, so if Ty Johnson can stay hot, he'll be involved in this offense for sure. Because he was my second one, but uh, this is tough now. It, it turns out real fast. <laughs> it's tough. It's like after one, not even the first one. Like as I said, RB pickups. That was when it went downhill. But uh, <laughs> Dorrell Williams, Dorrell Williams, not Dorrell, Dorrell Williams, uh, Kansas City Chiefs backup running back. I guess it's my next pickup here, and, and for the reason is that we saw Clyde look inefficient once again, and he fumbled late in a pretty cr- critical game. Even though I just traded for him. Um, who knows that what's going to happen there? Maybe they try to get someone else more involved, and they don't like what they're seeing from Clyde Edward Taylor enough to keep him on the field. Dwayne Williams, he did get the touchdown on the goal line. Again, it wasn't anything spectacular because he had negative yards on the day. But maybe they try to walk him in. At times, he was able to produce some kind of fantasy numbers. And, again, he's basically unowned in most leagues. So if you're looking for maybe a, a desperate shot play to throw on your bench to see what might happen – Darrell Williams might be that guy for you. So um, he's my next pickup. I definitely think that they don't trust CEH in the red zone. We've, I don't know why. We're seeing that for two years now in a row. So, Or in the passing game, apparently. That one's still bizarre. He was really good at that in LSU. Yeah, like 57 receptions in his like senior year. It was like perfect or junior year, whatever it was. He had a great season. But for some reason. He's a good offense. Kansas City don't really want to do that, so all right. So just a couple other guys real quick. I mean, I had Jermichael Hasty, but again, if he's out, you really don't want to be picking him up. Savon Ahmed did have more carries than everyone else on the Dolphins then in that game. Again, it was grave script probably. Uh, Kenny Gainwell, if he's still out there, it's definitely worth a pickup. He's still under that 40 mark. Carlos Hyde, just as a backup. Peyton Barber, if, God forbid, you know, uh, Josh Jacobs out again. He's a possibility. Uh, Chuba Hubert. Uh, you know, we saw CMC kind of go down for a second with some uh, hamstring issues or cramps. So he could be an option. He could be a league winner if he gets in the right situation. Carry on Johnson if he ends up sticking with the team and they need him. And Jeff Wilson. If Jeff Wilson's out there, guys, go pick up Jeff Wilson. He needs, And if you have an on-house spot, pick him up, throw in your eye on and pick someone else up. Because I think when he comes back, he might see the carries. Absolutely. If you have an IR spot, pick up Jeff Wilson, put him on your IR, then pick up Trent Cannon. <laughs> Win-win. Exactly. It's a win-win. So if he's out there, go pick him up. Because at this point, I think they can't trust anybody to run the ball efficiently. And Jeff Wilson, we've seen him run the ball efficiently. So if he's out there, go pick him up. So, All right, guys. So over to our wide receiver pickups of the week here. Phil, who's your first wide receiver pickup? All right. So you guys mentioned him earlier. It makes me really nervous with the uh, double ankle sprain going on with Wentz. But... I think still Zach Pascal, uh, 36% uh, rostered. I think he's still worth a grab because, uh, I mean, 90-plus percent of the offensive snaps over the first two weeks, 11 targets, three touchdowns over that time. Um, Next week they play the Tennessee Titans. Um, Tyler Lockett just took advantage of that secondary for 178 yards and a touchdown. They rake ninth in D-pack versus wide receivers, so it's a a top-ten matchup. they're going to have to do something by getting the ball into their playmakers' hands and letting them do the work if Carson Wentz is not available. So I think that means a lot of you know yards after catch available, uh, possibly for Pascal. Uh, not really. That's not really Pittman's game. You know, Pittman's more of a possession guy. Uh, 
So I think that he might be a desperation flex if you really need that wide receiver in a PPR league. No, I definitely like that one a lot there. I mean, I've always said that Pascal is the most underrated wide receiver in fantasy football over the last four years because he's just he's consistent, but he just doesn't have the QB to get him over the edge. Uh, but he's been consistent, and that's the important part. And it's a lot more exciting if Wentz comes back. Yes, and hopefully the ankle injuries heal by Sunday or at least another week if he happens to miss one game. So I know Jim is smiling over there. You, know, you want Carson Wentz to play, man. You want that first I round do. pick. I do want him to play, and uh, Pascal <laughs> was my third guy, so I got to come hey, up with someone on the phone. Hey, Pay Ashton, yo, our lead, the leader over at Honor App Sports Network, man. Uh, he's a great guy. If you're not over there looking at their stuff, guys, they're, they're a great great network that we're a part of as well uh he, he's a leader over there perry what's up perry um a little a little advertising there for him uh let's see here jibs <laughs> who's your uh who's your first guy i'm going to go with rondell Moore, and for me i will love another week or two before i'm plugging him into my lineups but um he's shown great utilization over the last two weeks especially with the weapons they have within that offense. He has 11 catches on 182 yards over the last two weeks and shown that he could be a good uh, PPR play with a small role given the offense, but still just be aware. Like, he only has played 28 uh, snaps. That's the highest snap count he had over the last two weeks. He had 20 in week one. So, obviously, his uh, role in the offense still needs to grow. But I think as a long-term play, I think Rondell Moore could be great given like what we've seen in the short uh, passing game with the Cardinals offense and obviously um, AJ Green, Christian Kirk, like it's, it's going to be a long season. So I wouldn't think those guys are going to stay. Um, anybody could get hurt, but I'm saying like his role could definitely get even elevated given um, the nature and especially since the Cardinals like to run four wide receiver sets. So he, he's out there. He actually played 46% of the snaps this past week. Did get a bigger snap share. Uh, so he's worth a pickup for sure. Uh, he's that, and I mentioned it on Twitter earlier, he's a big boomer bust guy because he might give you a very mediocre week, but he has that potential to be a big game breaker week in and week out. So he's he's definitely a top waiver pickup for sure. Uh, let's see, because that was my number one too. But now let me see who we got here. I, I'm going to go with uh, KJ Osborne from the Minnesota Vikings here, guys. And I, he's a name who no one really knew about coming into the season here. You had to have really like done your like homework or you'd rather be really big into dynasty to understand if anything of that, then to really know him. But, you know, he's had really solid back-to-back weeks now. And it just seems at this point, the Minnesota Vikings are a team that just can't stop anybody in the air. They really just can't. They continually just get destroyed in the air, which forces them to probably pass the ball more times than they need. The only thing that concerns me with him that he did play less laps, less snaps this past week than he did the week before, uh, especially in a blowout situation here. But he definitely deserves a pickup. I mean, he's somebody over the last two weeks now who's had back, let's see, nine targets, six targets, and over 70 yards in both games here, double-digit fantasy points. He's worth a pickup to see if that continues. And if it does, you might have yourself a, a, a valuable wide receiver three and if anything, you pick him up to trade him, honestly, and see if someone else really wants to buy into that hype that he's showing there. I mean, we've seen these guys early on the season who have all this hype but end up not continually able to do it throughout the entire season here. I think he's definitely worth a pickup. I'm not going nuts about it, but if you can get him on your team and see maybe he breaks out or if not, trade him away into someone who might believe in that. So Osmond's my guy. Well, 
Osborne was also my guy. Dang it. <laughs> so we're going to be talking about the rest of the guys. Why, you right? see me over here doing a real, bunch of real quick research. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, going yeah. off the rod down more point, AJ Green's also a lowly roster too. So if you want to establish guy, like look at him. That's honestly a great option as well, Jim. I was going to mention him too, but I love it. AJ Green as well is a great option because he played, he's gotten six targets in back-to-back games. He's not like he's not seeing the work. It just hasn't clicked yet. So, so Phil, what is your number two guy? All right. So number two. had to do a quick pivot, but luckily I noticed that uh, Darius Slayton is still under 40% um, when I'm going through the sleeper app. And that's a dude he's seen 13 targets over the past two weeks, seven and then six. Let's face it, Kenny Galladay is not looking um, nearly as polished as he has in his past in Detroit. So uh, Daniel Jones has got to go to somebody else. We've seen Sterling Shepard be a PPR darling already in two weeks this year. I think Darius Slayton can continue also to kind of be uh, pretty fantasy relevant, if especially if Kenny Galladay just keeps looking iffy at best. Um, next week, they got the Atlanta Falcons going on. I'm looking at my D-Pack score over uh, over at FF Faceoff, and Atlanta Falcons are the fifth highest D-Pack score, averaging 41 fantasy points to the wide receiver position, which is 10th most in the uh, league since week 12, at least of last season. Um, so I think that that's a good matchup for them as well. So Darius Slayton might be able to, you know, cover in a pinch. Yeah, no, he has that. I think he has that downfield ability that, that Daniel Jones loves. So if you continually find a way to connect to him, he has a big potential to his game for sure. Uh, let's see. What do I have here? My next guy here is a guy that Jib said last week and Tim Patrick. Uh, he's still not owned, so uh, he needs to be a guy that needs to be owned at this point, I think. In back-to-back touchdown games, he plays the New York Jets this week. He's involved in this offense, and he's turning into that Zach Pascal type where, like, he's just consistent. He might not put up big weeks for you, but he's going to give you consistent, decent numbers week in and week out. And, again, they have the Jets this week. Then they have Baltimore and Pittsburgh and the Raiders. Matchups where they're going to probably have to throw the ball from playing from behind and – Tim Patrick is as consistent as it gets is in terms of uh, a decent overall wide receiver. So for me, he's my number two guy this week that you can pick up and probably plug in as a flex option for your most weeks, honestly. Yeah, to be honest with you, if I would have realized that he was still available, that would have been my number two guy. But he's on my team, so I didn't see him in my little list that I pulled up. <laughs> <laughs> That's how I do my things, too. I had to go through like five or six leagues and make sure like who's available. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Uh, so a couple other guys real quick here. Freddie Swain, he's owned in 0% of leagues. He had a big game without uh, Dwayne Eskridge in the game. Hunter Renfell is always there still. Brian Pringle had a decent game. Brian Edwards, still a big possibility if he can break out. KJ Hamler, a guy who I had, he's still there, but I'm not as thrilled anymore. Uh, Armand St. Brown, if with Terrell Williams out tonight, he could end up being a guy that actually jumped to my list, honestly, if he ends up having a great game. Quez Watkins has a big play potential. Braxton Barrios continues. He seems to be able to be a consistent option in New York if Jameson Crowder continues to not be playing. Um, again, we just talked about Jarvis Landry not being there. Rashard Higgins, Donovan Peoples-Jones, Anthony Shorts, with no Odell possibly again. One of these guys have to break out. Again, who knows who, but if you're looking for possibilities, those guys are a good way to go. Elijah Moore is being dropped against enough that he's under 40% now. He had a decent outing. He only should get better as the season goes on. 
Uh, and if something happens to Deontay Johnson where he's not playing for a couple of weeks, if that's the case, James Washington kind of pops in. So, Emmanuel right. Sanders. Emmanuel Sanders is he under there? Is he under the forty? Oh, for sure. Is he? I don't know. I mean, he is. I don't know. I must have missed it. So, um, Emmanuel Sanders, guys, for sure. He plays the Dolphins this week. <laughs> So, all right. So, tight end pickups now, guys. This is the end here. Almost the end, actually. But who do you have as a tight end pickup? Because they suck this week. So, Phil, who you got? You, you, you already talked about him burning you guys last week. But uh, here I am to double down. I, I'm trying to trust in the process. <laughs> I know I'm you're talking about. Komet. Um, it's gross. It feels icky. I don't like it. But – one of the plus sides is he right now he's right at that 40% mark. So he just made the cusp. I bet he gets dropped a ton this week. So if he's not available in your league and you, you have just a garbage tight end option, I bet by Wednesday, Thursday, he is available in your league. Um, he, you know, you got t- guys talked about him goose egging you this, this week. It was not pretty. Um, he's, but he's averaging 73% of the offensive snaps in the first two weeks compared to just 27% from Jimmy Graham. So clearly Cole commits the guy on the field. If there's options, if there's opportunities, it's going to be him. Um, he's got the matchup versus the Cleveland Browns. They have the highest D-pack score versus all of tight ends. Um, and, you know, I know we talked about Andy Dalton. I know we talked about Justin Fields. I really hope. Andy Dalton is not healthy and he's not the starting quarterback. And if so, I think then it's even better for Cole Komet going into week three. So a good matchup, hopefully an upgrade at quarterback, at least a more dynamic quarterback. Um, and I just got to trust with that, uh, that, that uh, process. If I'm going to stream the tight end position off waivers this week. And I respect that for sure. Cole Komet. I love Cole Komet. I really hope he really has that kind of season. Uh, after my do. I like him a lot coming out of the draft. I just, Oh, Gross situation spot. You just got to get rid of Nick Nagy already, and we'll be happy. <laughs> Things will get better in the positive as the day. So, yeah. <laughs> all right, Jeff, who you got? That was my number one. I'm just going to pivot to Pat Fairmouth. Uh, we saw him have an elevator role comparatively to uh, what he had week one. Uh, he played a little bit, I guess he had a little bit more production than Eric Ebron in week two going against the Bengals. So, so defense. So it's just a hail Mary, but you maybe want a guy like that throughout the season on the long stretch. You never know. Especially if Deontay Johnson's out, it could be a possibility. Mm-hmm. He has played, he has played more snaps than Ebron. So, I mean, I know he's more blocking tight end at times, but it's definitely a possibility that he ends up emerging for sure. So I like that. Um, my guy is Dan Arnold. Uh, they do play the Houston Texans this week, Carolina Panthers. They've allowed the third and most tight end yards so far over the first two weeks of the season here now. And Sam Donald has seemed to look really good. So, yeah, if that's the case here, it could be a week where – oh, I have a timer going off. Uh, it could be a really great week for him to actually have a breakout game or at least a decent outing. If, you're, if you really do stream the tight end position, I wouldn't go out of my way to go get him. But if you're streaming the position to that hardcore – he could end up being a really good filtered option for you this week. So that's who my guy is. And then just a couple other guys I could name out here. Max Williams had a good outing last week. Uh, I forget who they play this week, but they always seem to be in shootout situations. Albert O seems to be more involved in this offense without Jerry Judy. Um, Dawson Knox, he had fought a touchdown last week. David Njoku and Harrison Bryant could be options as well if, you know, it seems like when Jarvis Landry left, it was the tight end show there in Cleveland. So they could be options for you this week as well. 
it can it really who knows who's going to be the tight end who's catching the balls at all it seems like at this point but those guys could be options in your deeper man leagues if you're looking for someone to play for tight end this week they could be options so all right and then the last segment here guys real quick keep or cut and you guys don't know who these players are should should be really fun to get your guys's brain real quickly here on these guys so we have about 12 people real quick start with the first one keep or cut philip Lindsay. cut yeah cut. yes especially that uh, offense was surprisingly frisky with tyrod taylor under quarterback but not anymore Mm-mm. Not at all. Not enough. Tyrod was good too. I feel so bad for him. But uh, Latavius Murray. Oh, keep. absolutely. Uh, keep. I'm keeping him too. Okay. okay. I just want to get your opinion on him out there. People are looking to cut him. Uh, Michael Carter. I'm keeping Michael Carter. I already caught him, but I have a. He, he's gonna break out of poster, but I'm I'm, I'm gonna pick him up. I I'm keeping him cutting too. I got to keep him. Ty Johnson had 12 carries last week. <laughs> so did Michael Carter get 12 carries. But, and he Lord called God. passes at least. He called passes. He's going to be the main guy. Michael Carter should have had 24. <laughs> As he will at some point. It's going to break out at some point. You just, just got to wait a little bit. Uh, Tony Jones, Jr. Mm, I, I cut think him. you cut him, honestly, if yeah. you need to. If you need a spot and you need something, cut him. I think I'm yeah. I think I'd really have some somebody with some real upside. Yeah, right. Michael Carter. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I really have Michael Carter for sure. <laughs> All right, Ronald Jones, keep or cut? I don't have to because I never drafted him. I respect it. I don't have him either. <laughs> I have one share, and I want to cut him. I think I'm cutting him. Yeah. I think if you need to cut him, you can. But yeah, I mean. He's like a long shot play because he could break out any week, but like you never know if it's ever going to come. You're likely will never start him during that breakout week, so He's it's like better off to let someone else handle that. And then right, exactly. Would you start Rojo or or Cordero Pat- Patterson even? Probably Cordero Patterson right now. That's how bad it's getting. Yep. <laughs> but that's it. Bucks feel you, and they play the Rams this week, so you definitely don't want to be oh, starting yeah, this no. week. So, uh, Gio Bernard, cut. I want none of those guys. I want nothing. Yeah. Yeah, I think I, I think I'm cutting the entire Bucks backfield. Yeah, and I could too. I would do it. Robbie Anderson. Who's that? Bob, Bob oh, that one kills me. I'm okay to cut him, honestly. I'm too exposed to him. I'm keeping. This is the live tilt. One way or the other. I think I, I'm keeping for now. I'm keeping okay. one more week. One more week. Okay. If he doesn't get targets after this week, it's it, I'm done. All right, all right. Devontae Parker. Cut. Without two a cut, with two a keep. Mm. I like that. All right, all right. Jalen Rieger. Or Rieger, however you want to say. He's barely 40%. I'm saying, people might have him on the roster. Um... I'm a keep. Like he had at least like uh, five targets the last two games. He just didn't do anything. Like basically the whole report didn't do nothing. So I keep him. So I like that. Yeah. yeah, I think I'm keeping him. Gabriel Davis. Peace. Ooh, yeah. Unfortunately, I think I might end up kind of saying cut too. Even though I've been the biggest Gabriel Davis fan all off season, but it's just not looking right right now. I was too. I went. I went heavy on him on the off season. 
Same. in a, a one fantasy app where you actually like buy stocks of players called Prediction Strike. And yes. uh, yeah, he did not. That did not pan out. <laughs> Darrell Mooney. Keep. Keep. Yeah, I'm keeping. Keep. Jacoby Myers. You could do better, but I'd keep him. I'll keep him. Yeah, I think you've got to keep him also because he's gotten 15 targets over the past two weeks. I mean, especially if you're in a PPR format, I'm keeping. Right. He's a safe floor play. He is. LaVisca Chenault. <laughs> I'm keeping him. Not? I can't let him hit the waivers. I don't know. How if I draft him in the first 10 rounds, I have to keep him for another week. See what happens. Maybe go on IR or something. Irvin Myers a clown. That's the thing. He's, I mean, he's another guy with 16 targets over the past two weeks. Like he should be a really good, solid floor play, but uh, this offense just is is a hot mess. I think I'm yeah. keeping as long as this is only like a week or two injury. I'm not holding him for longer than a week, probably. He had seven targets, but negative yards in the game. <laughs> How is that possible? <laughs> <Are> my offense. <laughs> Elijah Moore. Keep. Yeah. Well, no, I think I'm okay to cut him. Okay, okay, okay. I mean, that's that seems to be Corey Davis's world. And they still got to add Keelan Cole and Crowder to the mix too. So actually, my cut. I'm still keeping him for now. Uh, Russell Gage. Oh, that's, that's my guy. That's cut. a cut though too. What? Yeah. Done with him. I can't. Matt Ryan's not supporting three players. It's not happening. Yeah, I'm going to cut him. score once. I mean, yeah. he's, Matt Ryan's not supporting two players right now, so. Not really that great. And just supporting Cordell Patterson. And then this, is a, this is the big one here at the end. Marquez Callaway. Oh, Ooh. peace. Get out of here. See oh. ya. All right, we're cutting them. Okay, okay. I feel like I want to give him some fake stuff. There's got to be something that offense that got to click with something at some point. If you need to cut him, but I prefer to keep him. It's called so. James Winston. Yeah, I want it. Yeah, I think I'm keeping him. I think I'm still keeping him one more week. I want to see one more week of action with him. It has to be something that gives at some point. So the the Saints' offense from week one to week two is just just so totally polar opposite. I really don't know what to do with them at all. They're like just they're, they're like the highlight of an unsolved mystery episode from 1994. Like I don't know what's going it on. It's not an offense I really want to be part of, but it is what it is for hey, now. Hey, if Alvin Kamara can't score five points on that team, I don't want no one else <laughs> tell you that much, especially that's in so PPR. Get or that's half so point, I don't know. That's nope. so bad. Ugh. Uh, All right, well, uh, that is our end of our keep and cut segment, guys. Uh, I'm going to wrap things up here. Phil, appreciate you coming on, man. You've been a great guest, man. It's a pleasure talking to fantasy with you. Hell yeah! Thank you guys for having me. I, it's been a blast. I'm I'm happy to join you anytime. Absolutely, we'll definitely get you back on in the future for sure. But uh, let everyone know again where they can find you on social media, and if you have anything else you want to throw out there for your guys' stuff. For sure, um, at Dumpster Dive FF on Twitter. Uh, that's really all the social media I've got. But uh, you can find my weekly consistency corner piece and all my consistency scores and everything on FFFaceoff.com. And I also co-host the uh, friday pod with them so uh you know subscribe and bookmark that site especially again the consistency scores i update them weekly uh, as soon as we get the monday night football info so that is one of i think the best tools out there for you know flex decisions and stuff like that 
Awesome. So give him a follow, guys. Check out his work for sure. Uh, again, fantastic guest on today. So, uh, as always, guys, go check out our website at www.thefantasycoaches.com. We got a lot of fun things going over there. You know, we have our, uh, episodes four days a week now. Uh, a lot of fun things out there. We're hoping to get a little bit more in terms of the articles out there, which we will get you guys during the season here a little bit more. I know we've slacked on those a little bit, but we'll get those going for you guys. As always, our rankings are on there as well. And uh, you can always follow us on Twitter, uh, Coaches Fantasy. If you want to hit up me or Jim personally, hit us up for some fantasy questions, whatever it may be. You can do that over at Coach Stephen P. Uh, take Contro. So give us a follow, guys. Follow everyone here. Uh, thank you guys for listening and tune in until next time. We'll be back on Thursday to talk starting sets for week three. Enjoy the rest of your week two and see you guys on Thursday. Come on, Aaron Jones. The back is not fed. We got a couple of clock hands. I've been feeling super duper. How the heck they know the future? Come with me, don't be a loser. Grass is green like pooper scoopers. Clueless analysts don't do the half of this. In fact, I'm backing this by asking if y'all remember that tough act interacting. Sh- like boom, running like zoom. The highest and mightiest entered the room. High up the knowledge, I'm feeling the fumes. All players covered this nuts as legumes. Opponents are doomed, and these are the facts. I keep it 100 like I'm running track. I listen up. Jack, I'ma head back, back to the blowing up, blowing up, blowing up, go.